You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today, having me in your ear while you're working out or on your commute or maybe just walking your dog. Uh, I really, really am so grateful, and I'm so grateful for the connections that I've made through doing the show to you, the listener, um, the messages I get from you make me cry sometimes they they make my heart swell and I know that you know this is my purpose this is what I'm supposed to be doing is creating a show like this to uplift you to make you happy to help give you the tools uh to help you design the life of your dreams to so when you go to bed at night you know you smile because you did something that you heard on this show or from a guest and and it made your life better like that's everything to me. That gives me life. Like I'm getting chills right now, even talking about it. So thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Um, some few, uh, new things I wanted to share with you. We just partnered, uh, with Alkaline Junkie. They are uh, an amazing company here in Atlanta. Uh, it's run by Liana Wilson. She has a food truck and they serve smoothie bowls and smoothies and elixirs and coffee drinks, and they're just so delicious. And we met kind of happenstance. I was at this oddball fest in Decatur showcasing our CBD at Kelly's Market, who we're partnered with as well. And I was walking out. I was leaving. I was going home, and um, I came across her truck, and she was handing out samples, and I thought, oh, this looks good. And I tried it, and it was even better. And I thought, you know, have you ever thought about doing CBD smoothies? And she was like, absolutely. Um, So that partnership just formed this past week, which I'm so happy about because when I met her, I could just tell, like, she gets it. Like, she's she's a spiritual person. She's a smart woman. She's doing this healing work, essentially, getting, you know, this good, nutritious food out to the public. Um, so definitely check her out if you're here in Atlanta. Have her at your next corporate event or, you know, book the truck for uh, to come at lunch to give your employees some really good, healthy food. You can find her at alkalinejunkie.com. Um, but moving on to this week's show, I'm so excited to share this with you. Uh, I'm speaking with Lauren Smith, and she is a business strategist. She's a spiritual mentor, and she's the host of the Master Your Mind, Your Business, and Life podcast. And you know, speaking with other podcasters, you kind of you, you kind of get it. Like you know how a conversation goes. You kind of know the flow of the conversation. But honestly, I was surprised by this conversation because I thought you know we would talk about entrepreneurship and things like that but it got really deep it got really spiritual and i'm just so glad that it did because i think especially for women when you talk about career and you talk about purpose so much of it isn't just about the type of career you're choosing it's actually about self-awareness and connection to your intuition and and making decisions based on trust and really knowing the type of person that you are, really knowing who you are so that you can make the best decisions for your life. So it's not just, oh, you know, I went to school for this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's more about the whole person and really understanding your own psychology. So we dive into that. Um, she's got some really great advice for developing your own self-awareness, developing your intuition, trusting yourself. Um, and her story is really interesting because she went to school, you know, got a great corporate gig, um, and she was miserable because they essentially didn't appreciate her. They didn't respect the fact that she had a child. They tried to change her hours to work really late. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and it took a lot of soul searching for her to make that decision to really go off on her own and to be brave enough to do that and to say, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to settle for a career that's making me miserable. And so I think there's some really great lessons from her story that she shares, and I hope that it's expanding for you as well. So without further ado, please enjoy my episode with the amazing Lauren Smith. 
This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can purchase our third-party tested organic USA-grown hemp in stores across the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. Well, hello, Lauren. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I've followed your work for a little while now. I was honored to be on your show, your amazing oh, podcast. So welcome. Welcome Thank to the show. you so much. It's, it's great to be here and a little weird still for me to be on the other side of a conversation. <laughs> I know. It's fun though, because I feel like, you know, we always have people on our shows. We're broadcasting their stories, which is amazing. Yeah. I think there's, there's always something special about someone who decides to get into this line of work and put themselves out there and, and really create content that uplifts others. So I'm curious, take us back to your origin story. You know, you, you started off in a pretty traditional corporate role. How did that expand to what you're doing now? Yeah. So, um, when I was in college, I was a young mom. I had my first daughter in college in that moment of time. I, I knew I was going to start a business, um, knew nothing about starting a business, but knew I was going to do it. So before I had my diploma in hand, I got my LLC, started getting a couple clients under my belt, made the massive mistake of not pricing correctly. It was a big pricing error. Um, We uprooted and moved from Maryland to Florida. I ended up taking a job with a corporate company, was miserable. I mean, I was miserable. I just, it wasn't the space for me. Um, Ended up just telling myself, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to score those big clients. I'm going to redo this whole business thing over again. And so that's, that's where it started. Um, I was doing a lot of social media marketing and management for clients, start traveling around the world doing, um, I went to Bali and Prague to like do festivals and like handle our social media accounts. Did that for about seven years and a, almost two years ago now I hit a burnout zone and I started to hate my job, which was like so crazy to me because I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like like the whole point of being an entrepreneur is freedom and you get to do what you love. But I just realized that there was, I didn't have purpose behind what I was doing. So yes, the, the bigger purpose was helping build other people's companies, but it wasn't bringing me satisfaction in my everyday life. I didn't, I knew I was meant for something bigger. Um, so I started to kind of quit my clients. Uh, I started off with the people who were kind of my, my energy vampire suckers, like let them go first, uh, dwindled down and kept the clients that I really needed to. I mean, it's like to keep putting food on my table was like, kind of like, um, bare minimum. I need to reset, refocus. So I journaled out, um, it was January of what year we're 2018. And I journaled out what, like, what do I want to do? Like get real true to yourself. Who do you want to talk to? And I didn't realize at the time, but I had written out the podcast, um, you know, from like the people I wanted to learn from the topics I wanted to explore more about. And it wasn't until probably six months after that, that I launched the podcast. Um, and it wasn't until about nine months from that original journal entry that I went back and I was like, holy crap, I wrote out the podcast. It was like I manifested it. Mm -hmm. Once I started to focus on the what, the how fell into place. So it was really just getting back to that that point. So fast forward, you know, a year later, and I felt I felt more alive doing the podcast and having these conversations with beautiful people like yourself and all over the world. Just you learn every single day. 
you get to teach with every conversation. Like I just, I walk away feeling like a more developed person, um, not only for myself, but I take tools away from these experts and these people and I'm able to implement them into my own life and into my kids' lives. And that in itself has been so transformational. I could not agree with you more. Like I've always been a learner, just like you. I've always been attracted to that. I've always wanted to just up level my life, even before I knew I was into like personal development. And I kind of hate that term. Oh, me too. But that's what it is. So so many people I think though, are in these corporate roles and they are feeling how you felt back in the day. You know, I should be happy. You know, I've done, I've checked all the boxes and I went to school for this or I didn't, but this is what I'm doing now. It's paying the bills. I'm doing really well. What was it? What, tell us about that moment where you were like, this is not what I want to do anymore. So the actual, there were two really big defining moments. The first one was, um, well, actually the first week of training, I came home every day and I was miserable. Like, I was like, like, this isn't what I want to do. Like, this is, you had to have a college degree to get a $14 an hour job. So I was like, okay, this is like wild to me to begin with the training. My boss, I knew more than she did. Mm. Um, like I was more on top of the social media trends cause I was working for Ford motor company. So we were, I was handling the Twitter side of anyone who had a, a service complaint, you know, hooking them up with dealers for test drives, whatever it was. So I would be like, Oh, Twitter got a new feature and she had no idea about it. So I'm like, you're supposed to be leading this team and you're not saying educated. So that was like the very first like red flag walking into it that I ignored. Um, the real big thing was about four months into the job, a college friend of mine came out of the woodworks and she's like, Hey, like, I see that you're, you know, now working with Ford. We would love to do an interview with you and just kind of see like, what got you to this place in life? I'm like, girl, let's do it. You know, <laughs> small college town paper type of thing, like really oh. small and local, not like, we're not like in, you know, Forbes or something at this point. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's do it. About two weeks after it's published, I get pulled into HR and they sit me down. Of course, I'm sweating buckets because I'm like, what did I do now? (laughs) And they were like, they pull up that article and they said, you know, you broke your contract by, um, by, by doing this interview. You have to run all interviews through us. But this is what got me. They said, you painted us in an amazing light. Like this was an amazing article, but it went against what you signed. So oh they, God. they sent me home for like a week to decide like what they were going to do with me. Right. Oh so my God. Yeah. Didn't know if like if I was fired or whatever course of action. So I come back, like they, they brought me back, basically put me on, um, a couple months where you just didn't get bonuses. And the bonus was huge at that point. Cause you're making like so little, but if you had a certain amount of tweets with, you know, no grammatical errors, it added up and you could get like 150, $200 bonus each pay period. So they took away my bonus. Um, and I was just like, eh, like that stinks, but okay, I'll take it. Like I need the job more. Hmm. Um, at Christmas time, they did a, what was like white elephant gift exchange. And you don't know what you're going to get. I took like the smallest, smallest thing. I got a dryer bar, like one of those bars that you stick in your dryer my colleagues, one colleague got like a Rachel Ray cooking set. Another colleague got a 72 inch TV. Um, so like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I feel so unappreciated right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, there was nothing going for it. On top of that, my family just had this insane schedule. So my partner was working nights. I was working days. We never saw each other. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time we only had one vehicle. So it was like, 
a rat race every single day. And um, when I was able to get my bonuses back, I didn't get my bonus. And so I sat down with my boss and I'm like, why didn't I get, you know, I'm now eligible. Why did I get it? She's looking through and just realized that they totaled up like my bonus score wrong. I should have gotten my bonus. And I was like, oh, no big deal. So I'm going to get it now. She goes, oh, we can't go backwards. And in that moment, I was like, nothing about this feels good. I'm running myself thin for a company that does not appreciate me. Like there is no growth here. I'd talk into then people who had worked there for 10 years and we're in the same position. And they're like, we were promised when we came in, we would go up the ladder, but here we are. Um, So I just knew in that moment, like I, I ignored the red flags until I couldn't ignore them anymore. So at that point I was like, I would rather be broke and happy than making money, which at the time was like very little and skimming by and just being straight up miserable. So um, I, cho- I ended up just committing to myself. I'm going to get one big client that's going to allow me to quit. And actually my boss sat me down one day. I had literally just signed this woman um, as a client. And that same day, my boss called me into her office and was like, we're going to change your hours. Um, you're going to now be working 10 to 7 and I had at the time a two-year-old at home. I was right. like, I'm no, like I'm not doing that. So I looked at her in the eye. I said, actually, I'm putting it in my two weeks. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually. And I, at the time I hadn't even told anyone, like I didn't even told my partner, you know, I was just like, did it. And it felt so good to me. And then that moment I just knew like, yep, it was time. Like this was a yeah. stepping stone. Use a stepping stone. Now step into your purpose. God, I almost think like it was so bad. Like you had to get that dryer sheet or that tab, whatever the hell it was, because if you had it, I mean, you might still be there. Oh my God. I could only imagine the worst thing about it was, is like, they always, you couldn't wear perfume, right? That that was like one of their rules. Um, and I'm pretty sensitive with like certain smells. Like I have allergies, so this is sitting on my desk and it brings on an asthma attack for me. Like I start sneezing oh to the point, like I can't catch my breath and like I had asthma. So I'm like, signs, signs, <laughs> like ding, 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 like get out of here. So it was just like that, the series of events, I'm like, I'm not appreciative. I, I'm going nowhere in this. It doesn't feel good to me. So it's like, why, you know, like why is really why I had to like inward. But it was funny when I hit that final last day, um, the two weeks after that was like the most transformational point is in my relationship. Um, because we just start connecting again, you know, it was like, Oh, Hey, you're back. Like we, I don't know where you've been for the past seven months, but Mm -hmm. you're back now. Um, and then also funny enough, two people that used to work there came to work for me. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't that cool? Like within like a couple months too. So I actually got to still work with some of my teammates. One of them is still like my, my car, my left hand, um, to this day. So it's, I knew I was there for a reason. It took me a long time to see that reason, but I see it now. I accept it. And I'm, I'm glad it happened. Um, never again though. That's actually corporate is like my driving force to never going back to that. So being an entrepreneur, I just, I look at that and I'm like, do you want to go back to that life? 
no, yeah, keep going. Yeah. You know, I could, I could in a heartbeat, but I'm yeah, choosing. absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you could choose like, oh, I would have certain hours, and I know clients would pay on time. I'm getting a steady mm-hmm. paycheck, and while that's all nice and fine, I don't like being told when I can go to the bathroom or when I have to take lunch break or if my kid's sick, I don't want to feel bad about having to call in. You know, so uh, like I know our podcast conversation, I had scheduled it for what, like three weeks ago. And I rescheduled because the hurricane was upcoming. And I knew in that moment, I said, well, even if we do have power, I knew my stress level would be up from like pre and post. So it wouldn't, it would be a disservice to myself and a disservice to you to show up in that space. Explain that to someone in corporate. Right. Exactly. And that's why I think like a lifestyle like this, doing purposeful work, which women connects with women on such a deep level, but also the freedom, especially if you're a mom. I mean, it is, it is night and day how Mm -hmm. present you can be there as a mother when you're actually physically present and you're not stretched so thin and you have to get in a car and commute. And I'm not, I'm like, for all the people listening, that is your life. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I know, you know, for people like Lauren and for people like me, like that wasn't sustainable. I didn't, I didn't want that life. And it clearly you didn't either. No. And how amazing is it that like your kid has something to do and you can just go, Mm -hmm. or you can like work your schedule around that. Because I think part of me too was I want it to be there for my kids. I didn't want them to grow up. And my mom was, God bless her, a hustler. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, she was working 80-hour work weeks. Like she was putting it in. And I know she was doing what she had to do. But it was like, I don't. I don't really want to do that. You know, like, I don't want to have, I don't want my kids to have to go to my place of business to, to get up to, so I, you can see like my kids in their prom dress or, you know, something like that. It was like, like, I, I know why she hustled. She, she put in her work, but it was like, Hmm, do I want that for my life? Hmm. No. Exactly. You exactly. Know, I, and I think too, like the way the world is now, it is possible to have your own business, to work yeah, remote yeah. for a company. Um, the, a lot more doors are open for women and moms, especially, but I'm it. curious, um, you know, you're obviously a very spiritual person. How has that spiritual nature first, have you always been that way? <laughs> how has that, you know, internal nature affected that the, the work that you're doing now? Mm, so I think I've always been spiritual. I just didn't know I was spiritual. So I grew up in a religious household. Um, and they weren't like shove it down your throat religious, but you know, like pray every night, church every Sunday, youth group every Sunday night. Um, and I remember when I went to get baptized, I had asked, like, I started questioning religion to my pastor and he took it really well, but it was like deep inside me. I was like, there's something more than what I'm being told. Um, and then through college, I took different, you know, like courses that explore different religions. And I was like, but that makes sense to me. And this makes sense to me. And it's still, you know, even as a a young adult in my mid twenties, it didn't make, (laughs) still didn't understand the truth. Right. So it wasn't until about three years ago that I met a woman while I was on a business trip in Prague and she opened my eyes to like everything, uh, astrology, numerology. Now I had like known astrology is like your sun sign, but nothing deeper than that. Um, crystals, stones, uh, human design. I mean, she was like brought into my life to open my eyes. And it was like, once I start seeing this, I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unfeel it. I was like, this is, this is it. This is part of my purpose. Also, like she did my astrology chart. She's like, girl, you have like spiritual mentor all over your chart. Mm-hmm. She, she, I was like, but it feels good to me. I, that's how I know. So um, 
being able to just bring that side. I think I'm a truth seeker. Um, and maybe my truth isn't the same as someone else's truth, but knowing, knowing and, and learning and growing and be able to use that has been instrumental in my development and being able to bring that into my business is really cool. Um, you know, like as we're sitting here, like I have a crystal in my hand. So like beforehand, I like gave it the intention, like, please let me speak with uh, purity and, and, uh, from the heart, you know, so like I set that intention beforehand. So I use it as a tool, both personally, but also in my business, I go with my intuition on things a lot more. I don't ignore those red flags like I once did. That's huge. That is a huge statement right there. And even if you're not full on into crystals and, and yeah. numerology and all of that, which I'm fully like, I, I did <laughs> I all out. family numerological yeah. parts uh, for a Christmas present. And they all thought oh, it did you? Cool. Oh my God. So yeah, cool. It was all like spot on. I mean, yeah. It's okay. so wild. I, I do it as like a party trick sometimes. Like my friends would be, I like, we'll be somewhere on a girl trip. They're like, Hey, what am I doing right now? I'm like, like calculate. I'm like, what's your birthday? Okay. Let's what's your life path. Oh, you're in this cycle. And they're like, it's so spot on. I'm like, it is. Yeah. Use it as a tool. Like it's, it's one of the many tools and in the toolbox that you can use to just, I think, understand yourself so much better. And that's to me, like what it comes down to understanding myself, being true to myself. And how can I project that into the world? Okay. So that's a great point. And my question is, you know, for someone who maybe doesn't have the most self-awareness, I think we think that we do, we think we know ourselves really well, but some of us don't. Um, What would you say would be like the first step to bringing in that self-awareness to, to start listening to that still small voice, you know, these guides that are always around us. What, what's the first thing you would tell someone? I, that's a really tough because I, I don't think it's cookie cutter for everyone. You know, what, what may work for you may not work for me, but personally, what it was for me was journaling. Um, I find journaling as a sacred practice. Like it is so sacred to me. Um, I've had to explain to numerous people that my journal is for no one else, but myself, there may be hurtful things in there, but it's how I process through things. Um, so for me, it's, it's writing it out. Um, for other friends, it was just listening to that inner voice, right? So it's like, if you're ignoring your intuition every time and then something bad happens and you're like, Oh, I knew it. Well, then next time, listen to it and just go with it. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe like you're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I'm feeling it. Trust that feeling and flow with it. And the more you start doing it, like spirituality is like a muscle, right? The more you start building it and using it, the easier it gets. Um, So personally, journaling was the big step for me. But if you're not listening to yourself, you're not honoring yourself, take the small steps and do that first. I mean- those little steps are instrumental in, in huge ways. I so agree. But what do you think holds people back from doing that? You know, this oh. is not like this is crazy brand new information. Like everybody knows that meditation and journaling is beneficial. What mm. do you think people, like stops people from doing that? Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, I don't know. Are, are they afraid of, of what it is? Is it fear-based? Is it confidence-based? Is it, I think we have to like dig down into those, those deeper issues. For me personally, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I mean? So I didn't, I didn't know anything about the spiritual level 
until I connected with that person and opened my eyes. Um, from that point, it wasn't like I was doing numerology, astrology, human des- design chart all in one day. It was like, <laughs> oh, let me learn a little bit more about this and then see where that, that leads me. So um, I think it's just good to go within and be really, really honest with yourself. Like, why, why haven't I meditated yet? And if you find yourself making a thousand excuses, own that. Like, oh, I'm making the excuse to, now I'm going to set the time in my calendar make it so I like, I have to do it a non-negotiable to force myself to do it. And it's like, it, that sounds like so weird to me saying like force and meditation, but you know, as well, I, <laughs> right? like you, like, you know, like you have to make that shift in it. And until you do it, it's not going to happen. I actually, I spoke to a woman the other day who's a therapist and she was giving me um, a breathing technique for anxiety. And she said, it's really funny because people know that they should breathe, that, that the breath is important. But how many times do you practice breathing while you're calm? And she was like, because you can't practice a breathing technique while you're already anxious, while you're in the moment. You're like, (gasps) you know, like trying to do these breaths. But while you are driving your car, making dinner, if you start mindfully doing these breathing techniques, when you're in that mode of anxiety, frustration, your brain automatically goes back to that technique and then can calm itself down. That training. Yeah. So it's really just... One, being gentle with yourself. Know that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, I'm still learning things. I, I learn things every single day. And if I do mess up, I forgive myself. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Ex- I, I stopped holding myself to the perfection, purpose over perfect, all day long. Um, once I stopped just living in a state of perfection and start living in a state of being, it was it was huge for me. It sounds like it was so freeing. Oh, it is. It is like I have, I can look back even two years ago and see the progress that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look back sometimes I, I go real deep. I just did a post. I was a nightmare when I was uh, like between 17 and 20. I had a, an abusive boyfriend and he just did a number on me and I was taking it out on my family. Mm-hmm. And I blocked out a lot of those years and I go back and I'm like, oh, like how, like, how did I do that to them? And I've, I've forgiven the person who caused me that trauma, but forgiving myself for reacting the way I did, or, you know, just allowing myself to stay in that space as long as I did, that was really hard too. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not an overnight practice. I don't think that if you're the same person you were a year ago, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? You should always be growing. You should always be trying something new. You don't know what you're going to like until you try it. You don't know what's going to feel good until you're like, you can make that decision. So I have a friend who does moon rituals and another friend who is like, I'm a sun person. I don't, I don't (laughs) rock with the moon. And that's fine. It's completely fine because we know what works for us and you just, you go with it. I love it. And I love that you said that even if you don't know, just try things, you know, test it out, see if you vibe with it or that you don't. I mean, that's really the only way that you're going to know. Right. Like I love yoga, but I have a friend who loves running every day at 430. I'm not going to be the runner. I'm, I'm, I, the only way I'm running is if I'm running from something, right? Like something's chasing me, zombie apocalypse, maybe I'll start running. But other than that, my go-to is yoga. So, but I, that's not for everyone. Some people need the more cardio outlet. So it's the same thing, I think, with spirituality. Right. It's so bio-individual. I absolutely, absolutely. agree. Absolutely. So for those people listening who, you know, feel like 
They want to do what you did to move into purpose, to create their own life, to really design their own lives. What would, what would be the first thing besides bringing in that self-awareness that they should be doing? Cause I'm kind of, like I said before, like I really, this is a, I think a good episode for LinkedIn, for all of those young professionals out there, maybe right out of college, really just searching and, and looking to be happy. Cause you know, you can get a job tomorrow, maybe, but really I think we expect more, you know, as workers today. Yeah. Get clear on the what, you know, you know what it is within you and it might not make sense. Like maybe right now you're a doctor and, and your what is something completely out of that field. And you're like, but I always thought I was going to be a doctor. Well, maybe there's a way that you can balance the two. I say balance loosely, but maybe there's a way that you can still be a doctor, but then tap into this other side that's, you know, igniting your life. Maybe it's a yoga teacher. Maybe you want to do yoga and be a doctor. How do you make that work? Um, if that's what feels good to you, do it. But so many people are not clear on their what. And they're like, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You do. It may not make sense, but you know what you like um, and you know what does feel good and what doesn't. So if you're listening to this episode and you're just like, I'm one of those people, I'm doing this job, I absolutely hate it, but I don't know what's next get really, really clear with yourself, write it down. Like this is what, what do I see my life looking like in five years, in two years, this year, you know, like, what do I want from my life? And is my job aligning with it? Is it holding me back? Is it allowing me to push forward and kind of gauge yourself in that way? I think. I love that. And you know, that's something that could change too. Like before, before I started doing the podcast, I thought, you know, perfect day for me would be to read and write and, you know, be home by a certain time. And I had that, but then that changed. I was like, no, I want to work from home all the time. And I want to talk to people and learn. And so that changed. And then my reality changed as well. And you gave yourself the grace to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And sometimes like we don't allow ourselves because we have this picture society's painting this picture for us. Um, and I know that was huge for me. It was like, my parents were always like, you're going to, you're going to go to college and you're going to have a good job and you're going to retire from that Same. job. Like it was like, beep, like here you are. And I know my parents wanted that for me because they didn't go to college. They didn't have that same opportunity. So it was really easy for me to live out their vision, but it never felt right to me. I'm like, I'm 17 years old. I don't know what the heck I want to be doing when I'm 65 and retire. You know, it's like, how do you know? And then it wasn't until someone told me, it's like, you could change job 50 times. Who cares? You know, like, who cares? As long as it's evolutionary. I love it. Yeah. Like you've worn so many different hats. Like you must be really skilled, you know? So I think that we can also always take our flaws and use them as a strength. So a, a lot of time, I had a friend just the other day and he was like, uh, he made a comment. He's like, sorry, my mind's all over the place. And I was like, well, mine is too, but that's like my greatest asset because um, I'm, constantly, I'm constantly thinking of all different things, which just means I have a really curious mind. And that's, that is a bonus in my life. So yeah, sometimes I may be a little absent-minded. I may go off course, but it's okay. Like I know that my mind is the way it is because, because that's the way the universe has designed it. Well, and for all of those mothers who I hear this all the time, oh, I'm worried about my son. I feel like he might be ADHD. You know, he's here, he's there. He's so active. I tell them every single day, like that's a success trait. You know, that's a CEO walking around. You know, it's not a little robot sitting in his chair, listening to the teacher, you know, not having any kind of opinion about the world. So I always, as much as I possibly can, I share that that specifically. Absolutely. Success trait. 
Yeah. And also, you know, like we, I think as moms too, like we want the best for our kids, but we can also get stuck in this place of, I didn't do this as a kid. So I want you to do it, you know, like, um, and then what happens is like, you, you tend to like force your kids into things that maybe they don't like. So why not just let them be themselves? We're learning and understanding them just as much as they're learning and understanding themselves. Um, I also, I totally thought when I had kids, like they would be me. I feel like that false perception. My oldest daughter and I could not be any more, you know, different. And my youngest daughter and I are very similar. Um, but my oldest daughter and my sister are so much alike that numerous times I'm like, I'm parenting my sister right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was almost, I, I told my mom, I was like, I think this is like a karmic debt to me because it was, uh, my sister and I, but like when we were younger, especially now we're really close, but when we were younger, we would butt heads a lot. And I was like, I think this is teaching me how to better communicate with my sister wow. to understand my sister, because here I am raising a daughter who's very much like her um, and uh, also very different from her in other ways. But it's just it brought more awareness to me as a mom. And she's an amazing artist, my oldest daughter. She's so good. I can't even draw a stick figure. I mean, it's <laughs> awful. Um, so but I get to live through her her experience as a little mini artist through her eyes. And it's amazing. Um, I know that she may not be a sports star. Like I had thought she was going to be when I was pregnant with her. I'm like, Oh, she's going to play this sport and this sport. Like I did, she's not going to do that, but she's going to move mountains in her own way. And I'm going to be there to support that and live vicariously through her. I love that. That's so empowering. I mean, for you and for her, I mean, really seeing the person, validating the person and then letting them grow. Like I truly feel like we are just our children's guides. Yes. That's all we are. We are not their owners. We are not, I mean, obviously we want to expose them to everything and and help them, but we're here just to guide them and keep them safe. That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, We gotta, we have to prepare them for the real world. You know, like, and, and I always feel too, is I, I also don't want to raise my kids so that when they're 30 years old, they're working through trauma, you know, yeah. like trauma problems. So I really also try to give my kids the tools um, that they can work through things themselves. So taking those breaths. Um, can you take us through, can you take us through that after you uh, finish yeah. this about what you do for your daughters to yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't I, have trauma? Yeah, we can. Well, I, I can't say I'm, I'm not going to be perfect because Lord knows they'll probably have trauma of some level, <laughs> right? Like we, we all do at some point, like I know. we all think that we're doing it right. And then they may say like, oh, well, my mom like came back, but I really try to one, listen to my kids. Um, and then I, I also kind of like put like little mindfulness techniques back into them. But for me, and f- I think for women all over the place, it is confidence, owning, loving yourself, feeling like you are worthy and you're enough. So when my youngest daughter was two, two and a half, three, um, I started doing mantras with her on the way to, um, preschool every, every Tuesday and Thursday. So, and I would just make it so it was really easy. So I would be like, Oh, I am beautiful. I am smart. I am fun to be around. I'm a great friend. And then the first couple of times she would repeat after me, 
And then she would start owning, like Mm -hmm. adding her own into it. Um, And now here we are like fast forward two, three years later and she comes home and she's like, mommy, I was a really kind friend today. And so you can see that like they're owning the good parts about them um, and that they know that they are enough. They are worthy. And by repeating these little mantras to them, it's like they're owning that place, but I also allow them to have breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really try to never say like, stop crying. Yeah. Or, you know, any, yes, because I, I see it so much. Like even in the grocery store, I know how embarrassing it can be to have your children just have a full blown meltdown. And I don't care. I was that mom who's like, my kids are never going to act up in public. <laughs> you know, like before you have kids, like you think you're, it's going to be perfect. And then it happens. And so I always try to one show the mom, I see like self-compassion, like I got you, mm-hmm. you're, you're fine. But when you're telling them to stop crying, how many times have you been upset? And if someone was like, calm down, stop crying. You're like, I trust me. I so want cold. to, right. Like, I want to, but there's no compassion behind that. So it's just, what's going on? You know, tell me about your day. What are you feeling? Mm. Um, just connecting them back to themselves, I think. So maybe I'm not like preventing trauma. Who knows? I'm sure something about their childhood like may be brought back up in therapy in 30 years. I don't know. (laughs) But but to minimize it and just provide them the tools that they need to go through life being connected to themselves, being self-aware. Like if we can teach that to them as children, Mm -hmm. as adults, I can only imagine what this next generation is going to do. Um, because I feel like as moms of our generation, we're way more mindful. Um, and we're, and we're learning a lot more tools because they're available to us. We have these resources that they're available to us, podcasts, internet, whatever it may be. Um, so if we're able to teach our children that at a young age, just imagine what they're going to be like at 18, 19, 20, 30, 50, you know, like 100%. Yeah. Huge generational I mean, it's going to, it honestly will change the world. You know, people aren't going to be getting jobs that they're miserable in because Mm -hmm. they know themselves and they know, and they trust themselves and they value themselves. Yes. My, (laughs) my uh, oldest daughter told me, I was like, so like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I always think that's like a really crazy question because like, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like, I know I want to change the world. Like the ones like the how, right? Like, I don't know how it's going to be done, but I loved her answer because she said, um, I'm just going to buy an RV and I'm going to travel around and make art. And I oh was like, God, and she that sounds amazing. <laughs> I was like, so could I like come on some trips with you? And she actually said to me, she's like, so do I have to go to college? Mm-hmm. And for a long time, like she went to go, um, to, to the college, like James Madison university. And I was like, well, you don't have to. And I said, but if you want to be an artist, you have to figure out is college going to be beneficial to you? Or is it going to be more beneficial to you to go to Europe for a year and study art or go around to different artists and just learn their process and have mentors? Is that going to be more beneficial to you? Or is it going to be sitting in the classroom and learning in a formal way? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but we'll figure it out as life progresses. So give them the freedom, give them the space. It doesn't, you you know, the picture in your head rarely ever plays out. Very the way true. that, the way that you have it. So give yourself grace as a parent and give your kids freedoms to uh, just tap into themselves. That's so incredible. And I think it's easier for, you know, you and me to say that because we've done the work on ourselves and in Ooh, terms- that's and- hard work. Yeah. I mean, it's every single day you have to put yeah. in work. So I mean, what do you have like a go-to routine that you, you know, you hit 
that self-nurturing, that self-care every single day so that you can be an awesome mom like that and give your child the space to grow? Yeah. So, um, I wake up before my kids. I know you do the same thing. Um, wake up before my kids. Uh, I have to, if, if I don't wake up before them and I'm just thrown into my morning, it's not good for anyone around. It's really not. So I need that, that silent time in the morning. I, as I said, I'm, I'm big on journaling. So what I do every morning is, um, I get up, you know, make a cup of coffee, sit on the couch with my journal. And I just mindfully be grateful of whatever it is in that moment. Like seriously, some mornings I wake up and I'm just grateful that I woke up. Like it's not very deep. Other mornings I can go get lost in the sauce and these like really deep gratitude practices, but practicing gratitude for me was huge. And then, and then it's like, okay, I've had my time to breathe. I've had my space. Um, and now I can wake up the kids and I've had that like moment of just, yeah. I've got this, you know, so journaling's always been huge to me. Um, I typically like do like a little yoga, like sun salutation flow after the kids go to school. Um, but that's more of me trying to move my body more throughout the day because I can just sit at my computer mm-hmm. and work and get lost, you know, for eight hours straight while they're at school. So I try to like key in little things to just move my body and reconnect to, to self, um, throughout the day. But my mornings have to start with journaling. They have to. Absolutely. And do you, do you take any time to like read? Like, that's what I'm trying to work on now is like, I have all these books that I'm dying to read. When do I fit it in? Oh, so I, oh man, I used to do the same thing. I would write a list of books I want to read maybe even get through half of a book and not do it. So what I started doing was I got the the audiobook oh. like in the car. So I'm not reading it, right? Like I love to read, but I'm also reading all day long. Like whether it's social media, articles, things like so I'm still reading. I'm still exercising that, but I wanted to know what was in these books. So sometimes I may not put on a podcast, I'll put on an audiobook. I'm still absorbing the information, just not in that way. So again, it's allowing yourself the freedom, the flexibility to still get what you want. Um, I also, I live 900 miles away from most of like my best friends. Mm-hmm. I make it a point to have girls weekend. Um, every year, me and one of my best friends go, we're both Steelers fans. So we go to Pittsburgh for a game. Um, it's a non-negotiable, you know, like we do right. it no matter what, but you have to make the time. And my kids know ahead of time, you know, like, oh, mommy's going away. Like you get to hang out with dad all weekend, you know, but like hype it up. It's not like, Oh no, mom's going away. Like be sad and miss me. It's like, we need this space from each other. Um, yeah. And then other things that sometimes in the evenings after a really chaotic day where, you know, kids come home and they went from level two to level 10 real quick. Um, I feel myself getting anxious. It's, I am an anxious person. I feel it building up. And I know when that comes, I have to give myself a five minute break. And I tell my kids that I'm like, Oh, you guys are really plucking my nerves right now. Um, I'm going to walk away for five minutes. Can you just give me five minutes? Like, and then sometimes just hitting that reset button Mm -hmm. is huge. Um, and of course there's days like where I will flip it and, and just like, I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not perfect. Like I will like lose my shit sometimes. And it's it's sometimes over the silliest thing, right? Like can't find shoes, but I've told you to get your shoes on 20 times. And now we're in the car and you don't have shoes on. Like, what are you doing? But I say the same things to them. I want to apologize. 
Mm. And I always tell him like, look, it wasn't really about you. It just makes me really frustrated when I have asked you 10 times to put your shoes on. You were out in the car before us and yet you still don't have your shoes on. And then knowing that then everyone's mood is just off. We all, we're, we're like queens of hitting that reset button. It's just like, okay, redo. Because we have the choice to restart our day, our moment, that time, anytime we choose. So don't live in the bad day. Just call it a bad moment and move forward. Like mm-hmm. forgive everyone for feeling their emotions. We all have them. Um, I, I just like to break it down to my kids, like why I was feeling that way. Um, wasn't really about them. Like I, I always know it's like whatever triggers me is me. <laughs> it's not, it's I mean, not it always like has to be. Yeah. Like you may have triggered me because you're being obnoxious, but <laughs> I know that it triggered me because I was also making dinner at the time and I had numerous things going on and I was, it was already chaotic and you added on to it. So it was like, I needed to calm myself down, but yeah, I'm definitely in no way, always a, a calm, peaceful mom. And, but I love that. forgive yourself for the time yeah. that you're not. That's yeah. huge. That's huge because so many moms don't take that next step. They feel like they're terrible moms. They're terrible people. They're failing and everything. The fact that we all fail all the time to bounce back and again, to forgive yourself. Like I see like, that's a trend I see with you. And like one that I've really started incorporating, that's been incredibly healing yeah. is that self-forgiveness and self-love. Yes. Oh, I could talk to you all day. You're amazing. Well, I had to miss Easter one year. I was in Bali and I uh, I, it, oh, it crushed. I mean, I cried that night, you know, cause like, I'm like going to bed, um, that night and like, they were just getting ready for Easter that morning. And like, I'm watching them like on video, like get their Easter eggs. And it felt so awful to me. And I held that with me for a long time because it was like, I don't want to travel anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss these moments. And it was like, no, like, but you had to, you know, like it, they were so young. They probably don't even remember it. Like, right me going to Bali was like a glimpse in their memory bank. Um, I was there for every other holiday, every birthday, every school play, everything else. So missing one event, I should be able to forgive myself for that, for being somewhere that is ultimately helping myself and helping my family. Absolutely. And men don't seem to have this problem. Exactly. Yeah. Just saying. So true. Um, (laughs) But we are at the point in the interview where I ask you some rapid fire questions. All right, let's do it. Okay. Mindful motherhood is. Oh, mindful motherhood is being true to yourself. Mm, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the ability to forgive um, and also release. Wow. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? that you don't have to be in the same job for the rest of your life. Uh, I really think that with that one, it was told to me so much from the time I was a child to the time I was in college, that that is a belief of so many people. Um, And it's just, it's simply not true. And when we start living that belief and we absorb it as our belief, um, that's where we start losing our purpose and we stop being true to ourselves. So um, knowing and getting clear on your beliefs too is, is also really big. God, there's so many gems out of this interview. I can't, <laughs> thank you so much for being on Oh this my interview. goodness. Thank you. This was so much fun. I loved it. No, you're amazing. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. 
You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. If you found any kind of value out of this conversation today, please share us on your Instagram stories, tag us at Motherhood Unstressed, and hit those five stars. It literally takes five seconds to do that, and you will feel so good for uh, giving back to the show if we have given anything to you. Have a great week. Love you guys. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.